Hi, I'm Lucy Adams from Disruptive HR. Welcome to one of our podcast series where you'll hear from HR practitioners who are genuinely doing things differently. If you're looking to change your HR practices, then why not check out the Disruptive HR Club? It's got tons of videos, webinars and downloadable guides that will give you all the ideas and practical help you'll need. Check it out at www.disruptivehr.club. Both the best and the worst examples of leadership have been on display throughout this crisis. But as things start to regain some semblance of normality, how should we define our expectations of leaders? Every leader and every HR director I speak to acknowledges that we can't just go back to what we had, that this terrible crisis should result in something better for leadership. But what does better normal leadership look like? Now, in my opinion, there are three elements of better normal leadership. Leading with trust, leading with optimism, and leading with empathy. So, leading with trust. Despite our best efforts to make leadership more relevant for the disrupted world, command and control has remained the dominant leadership style. Our leaders kept on trying to be bigger and better than their teams, to know more, and to have everything under control. With the fears about what we're heading into, you know, the unknown unknowns, the raging uncertainty, leaders will finally have to relinquish this pretense and move to a place where they trust the teams they have employed. This trust will take two forms. Trust that their people will behave well and trust that they are capable of using their judgment and making the right decisions about their customers, their work, their careers, their families and themselves. For example, when the pandemic hit, the first thing CultureAmp did was to address the impact that the crisis was having on the speed of their decision making. They created a daily situation room, a meeting where they ran through a deck of the latest information related to the crisis. They then published all the data they had on an open channel on Slack. Once they gave frontline employees the data they needed to contextualize their decisions, they discovered that leaders were more comfortable distributing authority and allowing teams to make their own informed decisions without wasting time chasing down information and approvals. Leading with trust means starting from the assumption that your people can handle the truth and don't need protecting from bad news as if they were children. If we think about the leaders who are getting the most praise right now, such as, such as Jacinda Ardern or Andrew Cuomo, it's clear that we want to be treated like grown-ups. The same needs to apply in work. As Josh Burson writes, strong leaders give us the truth as it is, not as we want it to be. So what does leading with trust look like after the crisis? I think leaders will give up the corporate spin and tell it like it is, trusting that their people can cope with it. They'll set light-touch rules rather than long-winded bureaucratic policies, trusting that their people can make the right decisions. For example, Swiss Re has a simple statement, own the way you work, 
instead of detailed, flexible working practices. They'll manage their people through outputs, not inputs such as hours worked. Companies like Lever and Let's Go, for example, specify these outputs instead of producing detailed job descriptions to help that thought process from the outset. So number two, leading with optimism. You know, as an HR director, I used to get so fed up with moaning leaders. God, they're really hard work, aren't they? Now more than ever, we need our leaders to show the resilience and agility that comes with optimism, as well as the energy that that generates. Indeed, Gallup finds that 69% of employees who have optimistic leaders are more likely to be engaged in their work. Now, whilst being an optimist as a leader might seem to contradict the point that I made about trusting, this is not about being some kind of corporate Pollyanna and avoiding tough messaging. Instead, this is about finding the positive even in the direst of situations. You know, even before the crisis, optimists tended to be better leaders. They're not afraid of failure. They're more solution focused. They're better collaborators and better communicators, and they're definitely more resilient. These are all traits that every business could do with right now. A great example of that optimism spilling through during the crisis comes from Levi's, Chip, Levi's CEO, Chip Berg. And he wrote a letter recently to employees encouraging them to focus on the crisis silver lining. He said, one of the things that's motivating me through this difficult time is the idea that we can learn and adapt and adjust so that we emerge stronger as a result of this test. He said, the crisis will pass, we will get through this together and we'll be better and stronger as a result of it. You know, powerful stuff and the kind of leadership that you want to be around. Optimism, is, optimism isn't something we've traditionally looked for when we're hiring leaders and we haven't included it in our leadership competency frameworks. But we need to make sure that we're putting people into leadership positions who aren't glass half empty. So what does leading with optimism look like after the crisis? I think leaders will experiment more. They'll be comfortable with trying um, new approaches and they'll be curious and they won't worry too much if they don't work. They'll abandon their long-term planning horizons and instead will actively use sprint planning to enable them to respond fast to quickly changing environments. They'll praise more and not just the successes, but those in their team who have tried new things, even if they failed. And finally, leading with empathy. You know, if there's one trait that our leaders just su suddenly seem to have got during the crisis, it's empathy. I hear regular stories from HR about how the crisis has made their leaders more human, capable of compassion and genuine warmth. They've let down their guard and they've let their vulnerability show. When they ask the question, how are you? They actually want to know the answer. We've seen them with their kids, their pets, in real life environments, as they struggle to look professional on Zoom, just like the rest of us. And it's not like the importance of empathy is new. We've been talking about this for years, but as one recent study found, although leaders agree that they need to display more empathy, there's often an empathy gap 
between the leader's awareness of the issue and the way that they're seen by employees. The reason for this gap may be that leaders didn't necessarily know how to exhibit empathy, empathy to their employees. 58% of CEOs say that they struggle with consistently exhibiting empathy. Well, many of them don't seem to be struggling now. Just take the example of Jeff Bezos, and he shared his you know, genuine feelings and vulnerability in a recent message to his employees. He said, there's no instruction manual for how to feel at a time like this. My list of worries right now is like yours, and I'm sure it's long, from my own children, my parents, my family, my friends, to the safety of you, my colleagues, to those who are already sick, and to the real harm caused by the economic fallout across our communities. Real vulnerability human stuff. Or there's the CEO of Activision Blizzard, a guy called Bobby Kotick, and he handed out his personal phone number to the firm's 10,000 employees during the crisis. When asked how many had taken him up on the offer, he confirmed that a few hundred had opted to call him. Sustaining this warmth, this compassion, is going to be key for leaders as we start to emerge from a medical crisis and into a financial one. How we treat our people, our customers, our suppliers and our communities will shape our brand reputation, our employee brand and our levels of engagement for the coming months and years. So what does leading with empathy look like after the crisis? I think it's about leaders finding creative solutions before making layoffs. You know, we're seeing some high profile leaders already applying the kind of leaders eat last approach and taking pay cuts before having to get rid of their people. I think it's about leaders doing the right thing by their people and their local communities. For example, Microsoft continued to pay its 4,500 hourly service providers regardless of their hours worked. And the luxury goods company Kering produced and donated surgical masks and medical coveralls. And there's loads of other examples of these. I think leading with empathy after the crisis is about leaders learning more about their teams, individual needs, wants, motivations, etc., so that they can tailor and customise their leadership to meet them. It's about leaders expressing gratitude. It shouldn't need a pandemic for leaders to give thanks, but now that they are regularly, let's not lose it. And finding leaders um, leading with empathy after the crisis will be about focusing on the conversation and not the assessment. No one's missing the annual appraisal right now. Leaders will spend more time listening and engaging their people in great conversations rather than meaningless ratings. So, creating a better normal will be about leading people with trust, optimism and empathy rather than task management command and control and assessment. And of course, that's what great leadership has always been about. But now that we've had a taste of it, we'll be reluctant to simply go back to how things were. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more resources to help you change HR, check out the Disruptive HR Club at www.disruptivehr.club.